Hi everyone, Chris Torres here from the Tourism Marketing Agency and welcome to another Digital Tourism Show. And this episode is an episode I'm really excited about. I'm speaking with Paul Semple of Waverley Excursions. Now I had the pleasure of speaking with Paul during a live travel massive event where we discussed the Waverley, which is the last seafaring paddle steamer in the world and it is based here in Scotland. Now the Waverley I grew up with when I was a kid, you know, my grandparents took me on the Waverley to go to various places along Scotland, um, more predominantly Rothsey, uh, which was a sort of seafaring town. We went there as a day trip and took the Waverley back to Glasgow and to the west end of Glasgow. Uh, it brings lots of good memories to me. It's something I hope that I can take my own children on in the near future. Um, and Paul's job has been to preserve that vessel and make that vessel working again for the rest of 2020 and into 2021 where people can experience and my own children again can experience the wonder that is the last paddle steamer which is the waverly paddle steamer so this is a great episode for those who are interested in some sort of history uh, deep history in terms of, of something like this like i say it's the last paddle steamer in the world and it's such an important icon to preserve and paul shares some insights into why he suddenly became from his background was in teaching and he became a he went from being a teacher all the way through to preserving this ship so it makes for an interesting story it makes for an interesting journey and it's something that paul is going to share with us now so welcome to a digital tourism show episode which i'm really excited about and this is episode 247. <laughs> So thanks so much for waiting. You've been waiting in the wings while I've been chatting with Peter. So thank you so much for waiting. <laughs> no, that's fine. I mean, Peter's talking about uh, the city and the river. And uh, Waverley is one of the last ships, obviously, that was built on the river. She was built in Glasgow. Very proudly, Glasgow across her stern. Wherever she goes, it's uh, clear that she belongs to Glasgow. Yeah, for sure. And it's, as I say, it's such a beautiful vessel. We'll, we'll come on to that um, shortly. So, But I want to just touch on uh, my first question. Um, is no, you've got you, you. When I looked at your LinkedIn profile and found out more about you before we brought you on as a speaker, and I see you've got a background in chemistry, and you were a you sorry, you were a chemistry and physics teacher. Um, so yes, how I did was. You make, yeah, so how did you make the jump from that into you know creating a fundraising campaign for you no? Know, and, and you raised two point three billion in only six months, which is incredible. So how yeah. did you jump from the teacher to bringing back the no, they're bringing the Waverley back to life now? What? what what happened? <laughs> <laughs> so that, it's a bit of a story. Um, no, my uh, my own involvement with Waverley goes back to the mid nineties when I worked on the ship. It was a summer job. Um, it was a it's a job I fancied, um, knowing the ship from being a young uh, kid, and it fitted in with university because it operated in the summer months, and I could then go to university in the winter months. And quite often when I was in the summer, I was not liking the idea of not having to work so hard. But then in the winter, I some, um, but then I went into teaching and continued a contact with Waverley and even times through the summer holidays, of course, that teachers uh, get, which seems to be very long this year. Um, I would still go back to Waverley and even offer my services in a sort of volunteer capacity once I was in full-time um, employment. But that led to me becoming a director in the company, the charity that owns Waverley. 
And that then led to becoming chairman of the support charity that actually purchased Waverley back in the 1970s for £1. So it's a sort of progressive involvement that, in a sense, once you got into the ship and got to know her, um, you were kind of stuck. Um, but then opportunity came up uh, in terms of Waverley needing a new chief executive general manager. And I stepped into that role in February 2019. But at that point, we were not aware that we were heading for the issue with the boilers. Um, when I joined, the ship was going through her normal winter period. And really with Waverley, she is almost dismantled on a sort of periodic basis. Almost every five years, every part of the ship is taken to a bits, surveyed, and then back together because you've got to maintain the vessel. Um, and we were undergoing um, a major survey with the boilers and we found structural defects in the boilers. Attempted to make a repair um, from sort of, sort of March time until late April. And then it became apparent that the repair, the extensive repairs that were going to be required, first of all, were going to cost us financially. They were going to risk a large part of the operating season. So therefore, there would have been a loss of revenue but the repairs could not be guaranteed for any long period of time. So it became quite apparent that really to give Waverley a future would be to reboil her. Now, it was almost a big intake of breath that you can think mm-hmm. that we're about to stop the whole operation, pause the company. Clearly, we're going to lose employees in this process. We have to restrict all spend, and then we've got to raise the equivalent income that would have raised had the ship operated. So there's not many businesses who would close the door and then try and earn exactly the same sort of funds with the door closed. Um, so it was in May 2019 that we um, let the world know, in a sense, that Waverley was withdrawn from service. And in that announcement going out, it's very clear that it was withdrawn because I felt that withdrawing almost started to tug at the heartstrings, knowing sort of emotional attachment that locals, particularly on the Clyde, Glasgow and the Clyde Coast, have with Waverley. She's almost a sort of symbol of summer. Waverley's back. It must be summer. Um, you hear her sometimes before you see her. Um, unlike the vessels, you hear the beat of the paddles. She somehow seems alive. And when we made that announcement about withdrawal, it was almost as if you were losing something. And that was really the sort that led to the appeal. Um, when we made our announcement, um, and I actually pressed the send button and the email that released, the, you know, the press release went out. Um, it was just an enormous wave that came back um, in terms of support, the interest. And our own um, press release on our Facebook page had over a million hits. Um, and that just showed the sort of real appeal of Waverley. And it's a beyond Scotland, um, even across the world, um, she is known because she is unique. She's the only seagoing paddle steamer in the world. She is the last remaining one. So you've got that unique title. But that then allowed us to start scoping really what was required. And we then started scoping the works, which we did in about a month. Um, So from going from stop operating, announcing this, and then trying to see exactly technically what we need to do and how much it's going to cost. And then that's when we announced in in June 2019 that it would be 2.3 million um, to save the Waverley and it was about saving her in operation it's about giving her um, almost a sort of a heart transplant or a lung transplant if we want mm-hmm. to and again there's that kind of human connection the ship almost becomes a person um, yeah. she needs this to survive it's, it's simple you know she needs new boilers and they're looking at boilers lasting 20-25 years so if you technically can replace the power plant on the ship then technically she can survive 
and beyond, and she could survive that period of time. That that appeal um, became the major last year. So as you said, I was a teacher, I was teaching chemistry and physics, and I suddenly landed into a role that I thought I was taking on to become something completely different. <laughs> I think having the, the interest in the ship and knowing sort of her history and having that long-term involvement, I found it quite easy to speak about her. Um, and you end up with a slightly kind of raised profile where you're suddenly on the news um, because you're one of the main stories. Um, and that just comes through, you know the story. I know exactly where we've come from, I know what we need to achieve and how to try and communicate it to the people that this matters. Um, yeah. So when I made that announcement, it was 2.3 million. I think many people thought, really, 2.3 million? Um, but uh, I always believed we could get it. I never thought we would get it in six months. And That's incredible. You know, that was incredible. Um, but uh, even within, when we announced the, the field target in June, by the August, we had half a million. And I started thinking, if we can get to half a million, I can start talking about what we've got in terms of millions. It's no longer hundreds of thousands. And you're on the way. But at the same time, um, fortunately, several MSPs raised our um, appeal in Scottish Parliament. And when the First Minister um, of Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon, announced that Waverley is a national treasure, I thought, this, this is good. <laughs> this is a record. <laughs> Waverley does belong and that she should be saved. Um, but really, the, the Scottish Government then eventually announced that they were going to give us £1 million towards the £2.3 million um, target, really recognising the contribution that Waverley makes to the Clyde Coast and Scotland. Um, economic benefit is about £3.5 million annually to Scottish um, economy and 5.5 million to the UK economy. So there's, there's quite a clear, almost that mm. to give, we can provide um, yeah. because it's a big business. Um, Waverley does attract, you know, carries over 100,000 passengers a year. So you are talking quite a substantial business. Um, so, yeah, so reaching the appeal total, which was done by the Christmas, it was just before Christmas, we were able to announce that we had reached 2.3 million um, weight and lifted it suddenly I can imagine, yeah. um, to make it happen. Um, it was for the first time in the whole year I stopped at Christmas. <laughs> um, but just the number of individuals that gave to the appeal, over 8,500 people donated. And wow. I got letters, um, there's a few that stick in my mind, where there was uh, one woman actually from Rothsey and an elder woman who said she had a big birthday. And she asked her friends and family to donate to Waverley because she simply wants to hear the thud of Waverley going past her window in North Sea Bay. Um, and that's where the real emotion comes from. And mm-hmm. the history of the Clyde steamers doing the water, you know, taking yeah. people from the city to the coast and um, giving them their annual summer holidays. And there still is a connection with Waverley, um, to the second generation. Um, and then we also had kids getting involved. Um, there were some schools in the Clyde Coast, like Rothsey Primary School in Dunoon, School in Greenock, and they got involved in the campaign. And there was one poster which I saw, which I really liked, and it was Save Our Steamer. And I thought that really captured it for Waverley, that she can essentially belongs to the people. Um, the only way she survives is because people want her. People will mm-hmm. pay, they'll go aboard, they'll spend some money, and that is what keeps the ship going, because she's not mm-hmm. for profit. So any revenue we have at all goes back to the ship. Um, and it is, it is donations that help Waverley to survive. Mm-hmm. So uh, a very fast six months last year, but then again, that was before a global pandemic came along. Yeah, I, I'm, no doubt we'll touch on that shortly. But um, no, where are you? 
uh, when you, I know we spoke about this offline, but um, being on the Waverley with our, with our grandparents and, and when we were kids and stuff like that, but I believe you had something to do with it when you, when you were in university as well. You, you, you did something with the ship as well, that was correct, or the vessel? Yeah, yeah, I just, I, I worked yeah. on it. Um, initially, my, my job was a steward and then chief steward and then purser. I've also worked in the souvenir shop. I'd worked in the office. So I had sort of various roles across the, the ship mm-hmm. and the company. Um, and that gave me a sort of a big range of, you know, I feel like knowing the business and but mm-hmm. knowing the customers. It's about knowing your customer um, and who the product appeals to um, and what the product really is. Excellent. Excellent. So you were hopefully looking to, return to service in the summer but then obviously as you just highlighted um, COVID and the effects of that hit us all um, so how has that affected your plans uh, of when, wanting to sit sail when is that you're still looking to hopefully have, have that happen um, the latter part of this year or what other challenges has that brought in terms of of, of launching that and the capacity etc so what's your how has COVID affected things for you guys and um, dramatically changed everything mm. Um, I mean, we began the year optimistic. We had just <laughs> this year of big disappointment, big success. Um, so when we started uh, 2020, it felt like it would be the return. I was in my mind, like the triumphant return. We sort of celebrate the return, thanks to the people in the Scottish government, <laughs> trusts, foundations and small businesses that had helped us as well. Um, so it was mid-January that Waverley was towed from Glasgow, um, from the Science Centre, from the site of the the Glasgow um, Garden Festival. I mean, that's where yeah. now. Um, so she was towed downriver mid-January. And even in mid-January, people came out to, to watch Waverley um, get towed downriver to Greenock for her reboilering, um, her boiler refit. So that began, we were quite optimistic. Um, she was only in the yard for a fortnight and her funnels were off. The old boilers were lifted out and steel work had began. Um, so work was going quite well. Um, and then covid um, came in now the work been undertaken on the ship there's the shipyard which is the main contractor and there's many other contractors that are supplying equipment and uh, labor for particular um installation um so it and then covid came along and the shipyard had to decrease its workforce um, it lost a lot um just on furlough and then most of the contractors left so um i also had to furlough staff um, in actual fact, rather than me having an engineering team that were supervising the refit, um, it was really just myself going down to the, the shipyard um, at least once a week just to make contact. And there was some slow work progressed through lockdown, but not really went much at all. And it's only been in the sort of start phase release of lockdown that we've been able to have contractors come back. Um, and it's only really been the last four weeks that the work has stepped up again. Um, and it was just a couple of weeks ago that the funnels went on. Um, and to the outside world, they may think that looks Waverly looks better because she's got her funnels back, but internally there is still a lot of work to do. Mm. So the refit delay, that, that's been the huge sort of consequence of COVID for us, is yeah. the stalling of the refit and the delay. She's now been in the shipyard approaching six months. She was never meant to be there that long. We thought three to four months. Um, so we're, you know, there's there's been knock-on delays. Um we are now pushing as hard as possible to get Waverley in steam. And if we can keep continuing the path we're on, then she will be in steam in July. And uh, hopefully by towards the end of July, then there may be paddle beats heard on the Clyde once again. Um, whether or not we can carry passengers is yet to be seen. We have not closed that option, but um, social distancing is going to be a big issue. 
Waverley was, was built to carry 1300, that would have been 1300 standing very close together. Um, we are now reduced past certificate to about 860, but we just cannot contemplate um, taking that many. So we're maybe looking at reducing capacity down to about 25, 30%. Um, so a significant reduction in capacity. At that level, it, she will barely cover her daily operating costs. And the course of operating Waverley for a season, we almost need to put a little bit in the bank through the operating season because we've got six months to survive with no income. So you've really got to bank it in the summer to pay for the maintenance works that will be done through the winter to bring the ship back the following summer. So, you know, the success of Lash's Appeal and now in a position where we, we, there's no way we can earn what is required, we will require further ongoing support to make it to 2020. Mm -hmm. So at the moment, the aim is to finish the refit, complete it, test her, fully test the ship, make sure that all the new components are working exactly as we would want. And also the other parts of the ship that have not been touched have not seen live steam for a while. Um, and with the picture of, if you like, awakening an elderly lady from her summer, <laughs> all the equipment on board is fully functioning as we would want. And that has to be the priority at the moment. But... Um, we are keeping an option, still the chance of operating for a shortened season with reduced numbers on the Clyde. Um, so I'm keeping it open for as long as I can, hoping that we may be able to offer something um, mm -hmm. to get through the, the trials. But it has been a very difficult period um, with COVID. Yeah. Of course, it's the uncertainty going forward. Things could go back as well as forward. There's a lot of police. Um, so there's that sort of position at the moment. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, I can completely understand why and how heartbreaking it must be at times you know, to hear that. And hopefully, as you say, by the end of July, at least, it's we'll, we'll start to sort of, um, as you say, hear the beats of the paddles going up and down the cloud again. Yes, I have waited a long time. I hope that happens. Yeah, I hope that happens. I'll certainly be there with my kids to, to watch you go up the cloud anyway, so uh, I'll certainly be there because, uh, um, it's all. I really want to sort of have my kids go into uh, onto the, the, the Waverley at some point. Um, that's, you know, I know we spoke about this offline, but I, I remember being a young boy with my grandparents, going to Rothsey. It was a sort of day trip, that type of thing. And uh, it really helped me bond with my grandparents. I always, I always loved my grandparents anyway, but it was just being out with them, going on a ship like that um, and going to places like Rothsey and it just brings back so many fond memories. It really does. Uh, and mm -hmm. I want my kids to be able to enjoy that similar type of thing as well. And so how do you, when when you can, obviously, but how do you see the Waverley attracting the next generation? No, how, how, sort of, how are you going to go about, about attracting the next generation um, who who maybe not be such have, have such an affinity or of affection for for the waverley as, as like myself and I did when I was a kid, and, and obviously yourself when you were a kid. Um, people, yeah. There are people out there who probably don't even know who what the waverley is. So how how do you bring that new audience to, to the waverley? <laughs> um, I think um, you've actually you've kind of almost answered that actually by the nature. I think of the question because I first went on with of grandparents, um, and because I've taken you, and I think if it's encouraging people to take their kids with them to make it attractive um, still as, a, as an option for kids. Mm -hmm. I know that it's, Waverley's almost this different era that she comes from, but I think her, her appeal um, is still there. I mean, if you look at ships and um, you know, Waverley has this attraction. I mean, my own nephews, I remember standing on the pier at Largs and uh, my nephew of five turned to me and said, Waverley's got flippers. Now, I had never thought <laughs> <of> flippers. <laughs> and I thought that was very childlike, but 
really was an interest. It was something different. And that's what I remember. Was it something different? So I think if you can provide an experience that is unlike any other, then you've immediately got something that you can attract people to. Um, even like short trips for kids, if it's, for example, from the city, even just down the river to Greenock, there's a lot to see. There's a sort of changing river. Um, and I can remember in my time of going down the river, it changes almost each year. There's something a little different. Yeah. Um, and the fact that Waverley, more than maybe other forms of transport, you can see the engine, you can see the paddles, you can actually watch the engineer manoeuvre the engine and make it go faster or slower, forwards, backwards. So there's immediate, there's, there's more, it's almost a ship that's more alive. Um, and I think through the appeal, the fact that we engage with schools and, and kids have this sort of affection, you know, with the old Indunoon, for example, mm-hmm. one of the schools, they had um, posters and we had to have sort of Waverley Fun Day in the town. And it was all the posters that were up in the shops and the fact that kids had sort of taken to Waverley, drawing pictures. And it's about getting them on board. I think if we get mm-hmm. kids on board, then that carries the interest on. Because when Waverley was first preserved, the real nostalgia was for ships like Waverley. Now it's nostalgia for Waverley herself. And it has moved the only one. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's, what, that's what I need. So it's about getting, encouraging people to bring their kids and to realise that this is something special. This There's nothing like it anywhere else. And this ship really does to Glasgow and the Clyde Coast. But of course, for her to make her money in the year, she will go much further because she'll operate down the south coast. The Thames, the fact that Waverley can sail right up into the Pool of London, Tower Bridge has to open as she goes through and blows her whistle. Um, and you think this ship from Glasgow, that was Clyde built, actually has made it to London. Um, and that's part of the annual programme. No, that's incredible. Uh, absolutely incredible. Um, <laughs> for, for me, the Waverley had such a a big pull for domestic travellers, obviously, and people within Glasgow and within the UK who, who know the Waverley. So do you see, uh, because maybe now, because it is the only one um, and because it has that sort of prestige of being the only one, do you think that's going to attract more international customers? Do you think that will be... A little bit of a focus for you guys going forwards, um, or do you see, or do you think the Waverley is just one of these things that isn't really going to attract that many international visitors to it, or do you see that maybe as something, as I say, going forward, it could, um, be, could be a big attraction? Yeah, she's never really attracted international, and I think it's um, quite often with visitors, particularly maybe in Glasgow, they're quite often trying to do maybe multiple things in one day. But by the nature of the fact that it'll take us an hour and a half to get down the river, because the river's quite long to get out to mm. sea, it's really a full day trip, then um, that's maybe where it, is, it tends to be much more local-based. We'll occasionally attract some tourists, but in actual fact, Waverley's core market is locals that almost have this affection and this ownership and kind of almost understand her status or the fact that she's different. Um, mm. but what's interesting is that if Waverley operates on the Clyde, people feel that she belongs to them. But then she'll go to the south coast and people in Isle of Wight will associate with Waverley or Southampton associate with Waverley as if she also belongs to them. And it's interesting that her character kind of changes the areas that she operates. Um, but of course, she can offer different things to different people in different areas. Um, I slightly think of Waverley in some sense as a bit of a travelling circus in the fact that she moves around um, and then you're sort of in an area for a small short time. You're offering particular mm-hmm. attraction and then you move on. Um, and the fact that she sometimes is only in places for a short period, then it becomes like almost like for a few days only, particularly down south, um, and that big attraction for locals. Um, so it really has been locals, and it, again in the in the appeal, it was local people that we were seeing 
all the areas that Waverley operates. But she is recognised internationally in terms of a historic ship. She is registered as part of the National Historic Ships um, and she's recognised because of her significance in that. And we will have people travel specifically to sail on Waverley. Um, particular countries like Switzerland, where there are many paddle steamers, all trapped within lakes, so none of them are seagoing. <laughs> and they will travel across um, to sail on Waverley. And we could see that in the appeal in terms of coming from Switzerland or countries that have paddle steamers um, have a, a sort of interest. In so that's where our appeal can suddenly, it's, it's more the enthusiast group. Um, people have an interest in shipping or vessels or vintage transport. Um, but on the, the general market, it is locals. And she belongs to the locals. You know, she was built in Glasgow. It's, it's them that have provided for her again and again, yeah. and they will continue to do so. Mm -hmm. No, fantastic. In terms of, obviously, you visit various destinations. So um, are you... Maybe this is not possible because you, you do visit so many destinations, but would you be looking to like partner up with tour operators, accommodation providers at each one of those different destinations? So if someone wants to go from Glasgow to Rothsey, for example, and stay the night there and come back or whatever, um, is that something you would be looking to talk with other businesses to sort of see how they can help promote the Waverley um, or anything like that? Is that something you'd be looking at? Yeah, in fact, it's something we've done for um, quite a time is work with other operators and um, particularly coach tour operators because um example of locks and glens um coach mm -hmm. tour and uh, locks and glens as it suggests you know see locks and things um they base hotels and they'll base um, coach parties and groups and we'll link in with them um so that they can make it part of their package that you get a trip on waverley there's been other packages we've done scotland and steam where um, tour operators may end up, for example, with a day on Waverley, then go up to Fort William to do the Jacobite steam train, or Catherine to do Sir Walter Scott. Um, so we can sort of be part of other packages quite easily because we can fit in and offer a, a sort of full day sailing or afternoon sailings or even evening um, cruises. And it's the same when we go down south. Um, for example, on the south coast, we'll link in with Swanage Railway, where people could sail on Waverley and then take a steam railway trip. So we sort of can do combined packages. Um, and I would always try and fit in with other tour operators if we're, if we're operating in the area where there's a possibility of a joint package where we can enhance what we offer, but also some other operator can also get the benefit. Um, because if I can make almost each day special with some sort of special event, that brings further footfall, that brings further passengers, therefore increases our revenue, makes us more sustainable. Um, but anywhere I could, an opportunity exists for us to piggyback or join up with, um, then I would, of course, I would look into that. Um, but it's something we've always tried to do. Yeah, excellent. No, it's, it's very much like the, I remember um, a bit when I was younger, in fact, no, in fact, I take my kids actually here, I just, just remembered off the top of my head there, but um, when you were on the, the train with Scott Rail, you went up to Madras and then you took the ferry across to Arran, did a bit yeah. over there, and it was always all, all the one ticket from, from Scott Rail or something like that, so yeah, I imagine mm -hmm. it'll be a, possibly in a similar way where you can take the, the Waverley, go somewhere, do an activity or something, then come back and... Yeah, and yeah that. and that's, that's, that's what we do. But yeah. I think we'll work yeah. well with Heritage Railways like that, where you can sort mm -hmm. of almost two steam events in one day um, and that, that has been in heritage railway sector is a big sector um, in the UK mm. which actually has suffered a lot through Covid with almost, most of the, almost the railways being closed mm. um, but yes that's that's where we can sort of uh, join up and we have the capacity with the ship being I mean she's a big ship 
in a normal time, she can carry over 800 people. Um, so even if we can end up working a railway where they you know, we take 150, 200 people, mm -hmm. it's fit the railway, it's our benefit as well. Excellent, excellent. So before I go to any uh, questions from, from the audience, um, how do uh, any businesses who would love to partner up with you um, or at least make suggestions in terms of that side of things, how would they get in touch? You know, how would they find out more about you um, uh, in, terms of the, in terms of partnerships? Yeah, very, I just visit our website, waverlyexcursions.co.uk. Um, the contact details are there. It allows, that website's also got a little bit of the history of the ship. Um, you'll see even as the website opens up, you'll actually see on the Waverly sail towards you because it's a, a video clip that opens the website. Um, you can find all the information and there's regular news updates on what's happening to the ship. Um, we will put in uh, further information in terms of whether we can operate this season, even for a short spell. But uh, I'm hoping that next year in 2021, we can come back and have a, a much more successful season and hopefully we move on from COVID. Yeah, I hope so too, and it sort of helps know with, with the last speaker, Peter, um, in terms of seeing more things happening on the Clyde as well. Um, no, I think I think the Clyde needs, it needs something like the Waverley, um, and, and the Waverley needs Glasgow as well, as well as all the other places. No, yeah. I can't wait to sort of team back. I really can't. Um, so, you know, fingers crossed that it all works out for you guys. So, really yes, we'll keep, we'll keep trying. Um, she needs to be saved. <laughs> So I can see one question. It's actually on the Travel Massive website, which I can't um, put up on the screen, unfortunately. But it's actually from Ian, who's the uh, the owner of Travel Massive. Um, and what is the la the longest trip the Waverley has ever sailed on? Do you know that? Um, yes, uh, but she, in terms of her operation, her daily trips, so I feel like length of a day. Um, and one of the, the longest we would offer in terms of passengers, to me, is one of the most spectacular. And that is from Glasgow to Oban. And Waverley will offer that just once a year when she goes up to visit the West Wales. And she's usually up there for a period of a week to 10 days. And to sail from the heart of the city, um, leaving Europe at 7 o'clock in the morning, all the way down the, the River Clyde, the full length of the Firth of Clyde, round the Mullet Tire, and then all the way up to Oban. Arriving into Oban, maybe about eight o'clock, half past eight in the evening. Um, and we also then would offer a coach connection back to Glasgow. So it can be a complete day trip um, mm. from Glasgow to Oban by sea. And to be able to do that by paddle steamer um, is an experience that, in some sense, it should have been gone a long time ago. Um, mm. So, kind of one of our longest passenger journeys that we would offer. But the ship herself has to move with just crew. Um, when she repositions to different areas of the UK because we don't have accommodation for pastors overnight, but we do have accommodation for crew and the crew live aboard Waverley. And uh, one of her... Ah, I did not know that. There you go. Yeah. I did not know that. Yes, there are. There's, there's 26 beds on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of the consequences of COVID at the moment actually would be that we can't any crew because we'd have to have them in single cabins as opposed to double berth cabins. But uh, the one of the longest sailings she has ever managed in one go without refueling is Southampton to Glasgow in about 40 hours. Um, so that's Oof. all on the south coast, round Land's End, all the way up the Irish Sea and then into the Firth of Clyde. Um, so about 40 wow. hours is the longest she can steam on water and fuel resources and then she needs to refuel. Um, but she'd yeah. only do that with crew only rather than passengers. But... Yeah, my favourite thing for a pastoral sailing, Glasgow to Oban. 
now. That's amazing. 40 hours. Um, I, I can see they're not really questions, but I can see other things coming in now. One from Ian Smith saying he loves the Waverley. It's fantastic. No, can't wait to see him back. He's done the trip as well and stuff like that. So, yeah, there's a lot of affection for the Waverley out there. So, yeah, for sure. Well, I don't see any more questions. So, Paul, uh, I can't thank you, you know, very much like Peter. I can't thank you enough. It's been fascinating to find out more about the Waverley. I can't wait to sort of see it back on the Clyde. Um, and as soon as it is, I shall be bringing my kids uh, along to to experience it how I experienced it when uh, when I was a little boy. Um, so I, I think every child needs to needs to be on the Waverley at some point. I really do. Um, it's such yeah. a great vessel. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed it will all, all work out for you guys. Yep. Yeah, thank you very much, Chris. Thank <laughs> you.